0: Welcome to a fresh new podcast, Young, Brown and Not Entirely Free, presented by your co-hosts Zam and Ruhi, two women who are down for having candid conversations about the challenges collectively faced by brown females. Their mission is to build a community of people who want to live an authentic and ambitious life in the face of cultural norms that can often hold brown women back. Originating from India and Nepal, they believe it's possible to embrace their cultural heritage without being bound up by it. Join them every week as they discuss everything from Pyar to periods and parents to papards. Nothing is off-limits. If you're a young brown woman who doesn't yet feel free to fully be yourself, Zam and Ruhi have got your back.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast. I'm Zam and this is my co-host Ruhi hi that was really high pitched <laughs> hello so what are we going to be talking about today Ruhi
0: don't pretend you don't know them <laughs> we're going to be talking about the pressure to get married dum 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 <laughs> you know all too well about this don't you I sure
1: do what's been the latest development in your non-married life Well, the latest development has actually been quite positive positive, and surprising for me. Okay. It's when I came clean to my dad about the fact that I was actually dating. Wow, you didn't tell me about this. Yeah, so we had a really um, heartfelt conversation when we were driving somewhere in the car and initially I felt really uncomfortable because I felt like I couldn't escape the conversation, Um, but it turned out to be really positive and I let him know that... He shouldn't be so afraid of me not wanting to get married because I am already dating and I'm looking for potential relationships myself so he can kindly step back.
0: How did this come about, though? Were you in a conversation where he was yet again
1: pressuring you to get married? I think the pressure's always been there. Ever since I came of age and it's just gotten worse in the last five years, you know, after turning 25, I think that's when
0: the alarm bells go off in their heads.
1: Yeah. The alarm bells go off, not even in their heads, but all around them. It's like a silent (laughs) security system going off every day. Oh, it was um, just normally how it comes about, which is my dad expressing his fears about my life (laughs) (laughs) and how as as a young brown woman, it's really important to be aware of my age and to... body clock. Yeah, and to do things in the right time, quote unquote, which it's not something that I entirely disagree with. I think it's something that needs to be approached in a different way. Mm. And my parents... They've always feared that I never wanted to get married or I wasn't interested in, in being in a relationship. And I think that... Which which if you weren't, that would be perfectly fine. That would be perfectly fine. Yeah. But I think that's just their own insecurities and fears coming out onto me because they never see me date doesn't necessarily mean I don't date. Yeah. And so they took it on themselves or took the onus on themselves to then do something about it by trying to find potential mates for me and force me to consider the idea of relationships and dating and marriage. Mm.
0: On the one hand, I feel like I don't have the heart to blame your dad for being so concerned because part of their culture stipulates that it's a father's duty to look after his family and provide for them. And that one day when his daughters are old enough that he needs to find them a provider in the form of a husband, I can imagine that in his mind, he can't really rest easy without knowing that you have someone in that role, a life companion whom he can trust would care for you once he's gone. So, I believe that the motives behind that desperation, if you will, for you to get married is actually very loving and sweet. But as you say, the way they go about it is not helpful at all and can be very stressful.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think you're right. Like, I think it comes from a really beautiful place. But I think the motive is wrong. From what you just said, he wants to make sure that I'm safe. Or they want to make sure that I'm safe and secure and have a, a secure future being married to someone. And it's not really focusing on me and what I want. Mm. Um, and at, at no point, and has anyone asked me what kind of man are you interested in or woman for that matter? Mm. Um, what kind of person are you interested in?
0: Yeah. And if I can just interject mm. politely, <laughs> I think we have to acknowledge at this point that the fact that we're able to talk about this is somewhat of a luxury that should be a right mm. but isn't because I'm sure a lot of our listeners, particularly people who might have very strict parents and especially if you're living in India or Nepal where we come from, it can be a very different situation where you feel like you don't have any choice and you you can't even begin to talk about what you're looking for in a partner because all your parents are interested in is making sure the responsibility of caring for you has been passed on to somebody
1: exactly right and you know it is it's such a privilege to be able to have those conversations to begin with yeah and i know that the reason why parents feel so strongly about finding a partner for us is because that's how they grew up yeah that's the only thing that they know yeah from their own lives But I think the responsibility is also on us to break that generational curse, that generational standard. Yeah.
0: But the difference is also that you and I live in a Western country where women are treated very differently to if we were living back in India. And if we wanted to live on our own, if we did choose not to get married or not to have a partner, that. We can be self-sufficient here.
1: That's true. And I think it depends on, even in Nepal and India, it depends on the societies or like the communities that people are living. Because, you know, there are people in Nepal, I definitely know, that they don't necessarily feel oppressed and pressured to get married and often do have these conversations with their parents as well, which is really reassuring that times are changing, even in those developing places. Mm. But I think you're right. I guess you don't have to be married mm. to flourish or... To feel safe, to feel and, safe and secure in life.
0: Mm. Yeah. What you said was very interesting that your parents had never thought to ask you what you would like to see in a partner and what you're looking for in a man in your life.
1: Yep, for the last however eight years that they've been pressuring me to get married, they never once asked me, what are the characteristics, attitudes, behaviours, character traits that I would like in a potential partner? Mm. Um, the only things that they've ever really focused on is that person's status or their job, their professional capacity, how they would be able to look after my future. Yeah, those, I guess those are the points that they focused on. And
0: you can see why, because I suppose if they do have a status, a desirable status, which in our community means they're a doctor, a lawyer, engineer or accountant or something of the like, it demonstrates how hardworking they've been to get to that point and how dedicated they've had to be to study and to work to achieve that job status. But as we know, being hardworking is not the be all and end all as it sometimes is for our parents. And I mean, being hardworking is fantastic, but there's so much more to a person's character and also how compatible you can be with them. They might be the bee's knees where they work, but what's their what are their conflict resolution skills like in the home? How
1: do they view women? What are their goals in life? Do all you... really important questions. Yeah. None of them which are approached by our parents when seeking a mate. Yeah. So that's been a really big point of frustration for me because the only people that um, my parents put forward to me as potential partners are doctors from overseas who know about me Mm. but have never met me. They don't know the desires in my heart or the dreams that I hold on to. They don't know what kind of person I am and it concerns me that they want to become my husband. Mm. That concerns me a lot. (laughs) But
0: it's interesting that you're open to your parents' suggestions when it comes to overseas proposals because not, not everyone listening to this podcast will be.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say I'm forthcoming to them at all. Mm. I just accept the fact that they need to do it for themselves.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's a really
1: fair point. They need to do that to feel like they're doing something because they're not in control of my life yeah. in that way. So that's fine. They can look for potential partners who I'll never marry. And <laughs> have you said that to them though? I have. I and have. they still keep looking. And they still keep yeah. looking. Because this is this is the thing, they don't listen. They're not listening to me. Yeah. And so if they're not gonna listen to me, I'm I'm not going to invest my energy in being a part of that. So Do you think you would
0: have if they listened more? Like if they said, Okay, Sam we understand that this is what you're looking for in a man, and we're going to keep that at the forefront of our minds when we're asking around in Nepal for potential suitors. If they said something like that, would you feel more comfortable or more open to looking at the proposals they bring to you? Or are you still not interested? By the way, my dear listeners, I do have a toddler and I don't apologise if she's yelling in the background sometimes. It's just part of this podcast
1: <laughs> and a dog who barks. It's part of the authenticity that comes with this podcast. Yes, thank you. I think the, the main key point is that if they ever listened to me, yeah. they would know that I need to find my own partner yeah, and they should stop looking yeah, right now. <laughs> so... I can't see them being open to finding the man that I'm interested in because yeah. I'd never asked them to. Yeah. I need them to let me do that myself. And so the conversation I've had with my dad of recent has been really healthy because I've let him know. And maybe that was part of the responsibility I needed to take to, to inform him so that he would feel less pressure to do things that I never wanted. Yeah. So... Telling him, hey, dad, um, I'm actually dating just because you don't see me going on dates doesn't mean I'm not dating and looking for someone special for myself so you can let go now. Um, And he was really happy to hear that. He said he actually felt relieved.
0: I think it's really mature of you to have taken that stance and said to yourself, They need to do this, so I'm just going to keep doing my own thing while my parents search for potential suitors because I can't stop them. They can just keep going, but I'm not really interested because I feel like if I was in your situation, I would get so angry every time they brought me a proposal. I would just be so mad. I would struggle to accept it in the way that you have. So thankfully, I'm not in that situation. But did you find yourself getting angry initially? And if so, what changed? Or have you always had this point of view?
1: It's taken a lot of time, maturity and and years to come to a place where I no longer feel angry about it. There were years where I was furious. Yeah. And every time that they would even talk about a proposal or bring up a proposal, I would just lose my shit (laughs) and I would just yell at them and I would storm out of the room and obviously not proud of my behavior but I think I was just frustrated at how they were trying to force things on me yeah and how they felt like they should have be control about some of the most important decisions in my life yeah so over the years I think I've tried to have more open discussions with my family which have been a blessing and allowed them to hear me out more and understand where I'm coming from. I think after all of that, I've reached a healthy place where I've told my dad that I will be deciding who I marry and they can support me in that, but I don't want them to feel like it's their responsibility anymore. So you've
0: you've had that discussion with them and you feel kind of heard by your dad. Yeah. But what changed in you? Like, say say we have listeners that are trying to have these discussions with their parents and they're still getting angry every time a proposal comes Mm. through. So what changed in you that you could accept what they're doing and leave them to do that while at the same time validating your own priorities, knowing that you're going to go on this journey yourself anyway without having to yell and get upset every time they force themselves on you like that?
1: I think it's just trying to understand where they're coming from, understanding their concerns and their fears. Like, quite clearly, they were afraid that I would never settle down. They were afraid that I wasn't interested in being married. And they were afraid that they would never be grandparents.
0: Yeah. The thing I love about what you're saying is, I know that both of us have fought to try and make our parents understand. The importance of empathising with us. But it's lovely here that you've empathised with your parents and you know that it's a two way thing. So while you still don't agree with them, at least you can have that understanding and empathy for where they're coming from. And it hasn't changed their behaviour or changed your behaviour. You're no more open to them bringing proposals, but at least now you understand why and it doesn't upset you as much anymore.
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think a relationship with your parents should be based on mutual understanding and empathy and so if they don't know how to do those things well then let me teach them yeah and sometimes you can't teach them as we know sometimes you can't and i've been really fortunate to be able to i, I guess set a good example yeah for my parents in that especially because i've got a younger brother yeah and i just don't want him to have to go through the same things that i did growing up yeah Um, although, you know, the approach to these things in our culture is very different in terms of how women, women are approached about marriage compared to men. And how your brother will be approached in future. So it probably won't be as much pressure on him. It won't be. I, I just want my brother to have a healthier experience than I did. Yeah. As well as all my other cousins and all the other women out there. Yeah. Like, I just want them to have healthier experiences in general
0: yeah and the point is your parents might change their approach after they hear what you have to say And they might not, but it's so important that you have a peacefulness inside of you for your own sake and for your own mental health. Sometimes that means removing yourself from the situation entirely, but other times you can just try to understand things from their point of view and continue letting them do what they're doing like you have and knowing that you're going to walk your own path anyways. The other thing I wanted to ask was, it sounds like you've been having really positive conversations with your dad about this. How has it been with your mum and potentially your extended family if they have a stake in this as well?
1: I think I've always had a close relationship with my dad compared to other people in my family. So it's been easier to open up to him about these things because he's willing to reciprocate and he's willing to listen most of the time. I think it's a lot harder with my mum because she has, she's very traditional and she has these um, ingrained Nepali cultural values that she still enforces onto me. She would prefer that I marry a a Nepali man within the same caste as me. And I just think we can't even meet eye to eye on that. Like Mm. she's not willing to really listen. So it's really difficult to even tell her what I want when she's not prepared to listen to that.
0: And how have you dealt with that? Like, how have you come to terms with that?
1: I've just been honest. Every time we broach the subject, I'm just really honest about how I feel. And I just say, well, that's really nice, but I'm not going to marry a Nepali man.
0: Oh, you've decided. Full stop.
1: Is there a reason for that? Yeah, because my future partner like it's really important for my future partner to be of the same faith as me and I think it's just rare if not non-existent to find another Nepali person who shares my faith oh, okay I see so I just but you'd be
0: open to that if you had someone of the same faith pretend like if everything else fell into line for you
1: yes yeah. but I'm not going to go and look for that specifically yeah, yeah. So I've just made it really clear that it's not something that I prioritise to my mum. Obviously, she just continues
0: with the same behaviour. But how are you dealing with that when she's not listening? Are you just
1: ignoring it? I'm not ignoring it. I still hear what she's saying, but I make sure she hears what I'm saying too. I guess if we approach this conversation and she tells me, you know, when you get married and when you wear this sari that I've already bought you three years ago for your <laughs> wedding and all this gold jewellery that I've just had shipped from Nepal to here in preparation for your wedding that, yeah, well. you know, does not even exist um, on this time scale at the moment. And when, you know, you marry a, a Nepali man who's of Brahmin caste, I almost just kind of approach it in a lighthearted way. Mm.
0: You've already worn the sari that she bought you for your wedding.
1: I've already worn the sari, yeah, (laughs) and I was like, thanks for the sari, really nice. Not going to save it for my wedding. Yeah. I'm just going to wear it now. I've constantly reminded her of the qualities that I prioritise in a man. I'm no longer angry. I no longer yell at her. I simply disengage from the conversation when I've had enough. Yeah.
0: So it's just a constant process of letting go for you.
1: And not sort of getting my heart too into it, like not not investing all my energy and my time and my emotional health. It can be
0: really emotionally exhausting, especially because whatever the issue is, whether it's marriage or something else, sometimes Mm. in our culture, it can be really hard to be heard by them even if they give you a chance to speak to them about it and actually listen. A lot of the times it can go in one ear and out the other because they're still really hell-bent on their agenda whatever that is. So I really admire you for taking the higher ground and trying as much as you can to have productive conversations with them on the topic but where you're not getting anywhere, just being able to let go and move mm. on, mm. rather than holding on to it and simmering away with anger, which is probably what I would do, to be honest. Well, that's
1: what I did for a large part of my life. Yeah, fair enough. So it's only of recent that I've come to recognise that. Mm. Well, thank
0: you for sharing that story. Mm. You're welcome. So I can imagine a number of our listeners would be struggling with similar issues on the home front in terms of the pressure to be getting married. If that's you, please do comment in our Facebook podcast community and let us know how that's manifesting for you. I'm sure there will be a lot of others out there who will relate to you and to you, them.
1: Yeah, and I look forward to hearing about all of those experiences and also the ways in which you've overcome them or are still struggling through. Thank you for listening, everyone,
0: and if you've listened to a number of our episodes now and you feel like you would like to review them, please do so because it will hopefully increase the visibility of our podcast so that more people can
1: come across our work. We'd love to hear from you and would love to hear any more to- topics. Topics? Topic ideas. Topic ideas um, that we can... Um,
0: all right
1: bye (laughs) believe it
0: (laughs) you had a brain fart goodbye thanks for joining us today and we'll catch you next time
1: bye